in a world full of negative people. Hey man, I'm just trying to be a positive guy, a positive farmer, a positive outfitter. This is the Shark Farmer Podcast with your host, Rob Sharkey. Whatever. Didn't we have jingle bells last year, like actual sleigh bells that we played we did. for an entrance? I don't know where they went. Yeah, I should have thought ahead of that. I could ring my dinger. You get... I, I, oh, I love you, same. but it's, that is, I mean, that's not quite Christmassy. I kind of feel like I'm at a football game now. Yeah. <laughs> I like having you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you are always on the uh, the radio show. I'm always on your XM show, but I'm not on Shark Farmer. Only yeah. Christmas episodes. Uh, th- so that's kind of special. 3 p.m. Central on Channel 147 XM. That was shameless. Yeah, that wasn't Christmassy either. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like this Christmas episode. I like getting people's stories out there that have to do with Christmas. And I know this is like your favorite time of the year. This is. This is my favorite episode, too, because it gets people talking and remembering. And even though Christmas is a crazy time of year and you're running around like a crazy person, it also like brings back some of the best memories, I think. Yeah. And so it's fun to hear people tell. And it's like they're kind of inviting you into their life for an hour. Yeah. Uh, no matter how much of a Grinch you are, this time of year can, can get to anybody in the feels. Yeah. It gives you the feels. You can't be a Scrooge. Can't be a Scrooge today. Not, not on this episode. Not No. Not on this episode. And uh, we've got three Different, but equally awesome stories. And Ooh, so let's get to the first one. Yeah. Okay. The first one is from Mark Conmacher from Martinsville, Illinois. And he's going to tell a story about how his family, when he was growing up, uh, did some copyright infringement on John Deere. Ooh. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. We have Mark Conmacher. Am I saying that right? Yep. Sure are. You sure said are. it was like con soccer. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> 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 I've actually met you. Do you remember that? Yes. Uh, enjoyed talking with you. Appreciate uh, being able to visit with you and your wife and listening to your program. So thank you for, for what you do. Yeah. we uh, Was it National Farm Machinery Show? I think we met your daughter, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, Lila got to meet you. On the way down, I made her listen to uh, the young lady that lost her hair, uh, if you remember how that went. And, oh, Fran. Uh, that, that was Mm-hmm. Fran Fakus mm-hmm. Magnuson. Yeah, that, that oh boy, that was that's kind of a heavy one to listen to. It sure is, but it made the trip short for her, and man, she was engrossed in, in that. And you know, and it's a good lesson for her because uh, we talked about it again the other day. There's a lot of moving parts here on the farm, and I got four girls, and the hair is beautiful, and I'd hate to see something like that happen. So it's a good reminder. I appreciate you talking about safety like that. Yeah, what's the deal? You must be married to someone very pretty because uh, your daughter's pretty, and I don't see it coming from you. No, it, it does not come from me. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, that's the fact. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sherry uh, is a beautiful lady, and I'm I'm very grateful. Been blessed there, and, uh, and then the little boy, he's uh, well, he's an army little booger. Uh, so <laughs> well, we'll that's see if I make too. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are you from? I am from uh, southeastern Illinois. I live in a small town or just outside a small town, uh, Martinsville. My wife and I and, and, and the kids, we farm uh, row crops, uh, hay. Uh, we got cattle. Lila helps with the cattle. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we grow turkeys, commercial turkeys. So it keeps us busy. We, we enjoy it. Yeah, you're always on to social media there with your turkeys. 
Yeah, yeah, they they have certain demands that and they, that they require. And, uh, the turkeys uh, do. It, yes, they like to uh, make sure that everybody knows that they're important too. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we all got our things in life, don't we? All right. You yeah, you yeah. were telling me a pretty cool story about going back in your family's history with Christmas. Yeah. So this goes back to when I was, oh, I was probably in third or fourth grade and my sister was in maybe kindergarten or so. And this was uh, early 80s and uh, things were a little tight back then. That particular fall, dad had talked at dinner a lot about you know his dad would take him and they'd go out in the woods and they'd cut a christmas tree uh, and, and around here that'd be a cedar tree out in the woods in the wild and that that was their christmas tree and he'd whoa, been whoa, whoa, whoa 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 a cedar tree uh-huh. i've never heard of a cedar, cedar christmas tree well they're wild here and, and they grow out in the woods and and you you know any farm fence rows got several and so they were readily available. So and, you just uh, wanted something and, with pine needles. Yeah, something that something in theory that was green. You know, <laughs> okay. I mean, and, okay. and everything in the woods is dead during this time of year. Of course, he had hunted all fall, and uh, he had found several that he thought might work for the. And then, of course, you know, as little kids, the Christmas tree meant presents, and we were getting pretty psyched up, and he could tell a story and. We just was really interested in, you know, getting this tree and being different. Before that, we'd always gotten the tree from a Christmas tree farm, you know. Yeah. And looking back as a, as a parent, that $12 or 15 bucks that he was going to spend on a tree at that time, that was enough money for presents for one of us, you know. And so he was going to save money is, is the best I can figure. But Well, anyhow, and, and for the kids, right? For the youths that are listening, yeah. the early 80s in yeah. farming was as bad as it got. So there was no extra money. No, no. They're, yeah, what, uh, 18, I think he told me it was 18% interest, I think, on his stuff. And you, Is you that it? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't even know how you, you would ever get any principal paid on that. Personally, I, I, don't, I yeah. don't have a clue. Uh, he had a side business where he painted uh, houses. He had sheds, bins. Well, in the wintertime, he'd paint machinery. And so uh, that was at a time where there was a lot of machinery getting painted, but it wasn't for a good reason. So anyways, he heads off. And at that time, we didn't have three-wheelers or four-wheelers, none of that. So we didn't go with him. But he heads off to the woods, and he gets a tree, and he comes in the house. Now, our house was dinky. He had... It was you, you dinky. Know how, Small. Okay. <laughs> That's small. a Southern Illinois thing. <laughs> Dinky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was little. It actually was a uh, two-car garage that was had a living room, a bedroom, and a kitchen. And okay. me and my sister slept in the bedroom, and Mom and Dad slept on the fold-out couch. But anyhow, you know how today, like, you get a tree, and you got to kind of tug at it to get it in the door and pull. Like, my son-in-law helped me. We drug one in. Is You know, it was a chore get it in the door. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, you got to grease up the sides a little bit. Yeah, 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 and it makes a mess, and it, it, it's a whole ordeal. Anyhow, Dad was coming in in the door, and he was backing in just like we would today, and and he pulled it in there, and there's me and my sister and my mom, and kind of like the Griswolds, we was excited to see this tree that he'd been talking about, uh-huh. and and he pulled it in, and he turns it around and he puts it at, you know, for the first time we're seeing it, 
And if you know what a cedar tree looks like, you know, this one here, four or five branches, and it looked like it was on its last leg. If it was green, it was a brown color of green. It was terrible. Was this like a Charlie Brown tree? I, I suppose. I, is that the one where he had like a stick? Oh, come on, man. The Charlie Brown Christmas where he's got, yeah, basically a stick and, and everybody makes fun of him because he's a dunderhead, but then they come to the real <laughs> meaning of Christmas. Okay. That one, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I suppose like that. This hair tree uh, was bad. And my my mom, I think at that point, that was the, the straw that broke her back with, you know, with it being the way it was. Uh, she said, Gail, that won't, that will not do, will not do. So being the positive feller that he was, he, I've got an idea and I'll fix it. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's now, is this, is this what mama would always sound like, or was this rare that she was putting the foot down? This is probably about as rare. It didn't happen very often. So she had had it. Little kid. Yeah. Yeah. it, It was not good. Today, I remember the, the presents we got that year, and pretty sparse, but we got something. You know, I mean, they made yeah. sure we had something, and my kids today are spoiled. They, they can't even imagine. They're punks, but, all of them. <laughs> well, that's, hey, well, they, they do all right, don't they? Um, <laughs> so I, I think for her, that was about, she'd had enough. Okay, so dad so he, knew you know, he, dad knew something had to get throw down, or, or that was yeah. it. No loving for Christmas. See, and the other, the other problem was that he was a fanatic about having a tree that was too tall. And the tree come up to maybe maybe just past his belt. And, I mean, it was just pathetic. So it was uh, a shrub. It, it, it was a yeah, brown shrub. It was a brown And, you know, if you go out in the woods, I was in the woods a little while ago. You go in the woods today, it looks green. It just ain't. You know, I mean, Jeez. it's not. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so he heads out to the shed, but we didn't see him for several hours. He come back in, and we didn't know what was going on, me and my sister. So then the next day, here he come. He he found an old school desk, got a red blanket or table cover or something. They put over that, and here come the tree. And sure enough, that tree he had painted every nook and cranny of that silly thing, the trunk, the limbs. I don't even know what you call a cedar pine needle thing but he'd painted them. He painted everything John Deere green. And, uh, <laughs> so that, that Christmas we had a John Deere tree and it kind of smelled like it, but, uh, you know, I, I've never what forgot. What does a John that. Deere and tree smell like? Paint. <laughs> <laughs> in that little house, it smelled like paint, paint in the bathroom, paint in the kitchen, paint is smelled like paint. <laughs> Cause this is what he did, right? He painted, he was painting machinery. And, and yeah. ma- mama said, your tree is brown and short. Yeah. And so he yep. went out there, uh, got the old uh, spray paint, and made that sucker into a John Deere green stick. Yep, that's that's what we had. And, you know, the interesting thing, like today, dad would take out the, the grandkids, and then they go get a tree. And we don't put that in the house. It goes on the porch. It's more about the love and the love of family and, and for the, for the reason for that season than it was for the tree anyway, you know, but it's taken me a long time to kind of understand that, but it, that's what we had is a John Deere green tree. 
was your mom happy with the improvements that your dad made to the stick? We never had that type of tree in the house again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any problems with uh, people from Moline showing up and wanting to to pay some royalties for that tree? Oh, uh, thankfully, no, no, and no. <laughs> I don't know what the statute of limitations on that. They might come after you if they hear this. Well, I certainly hope not. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> nobody's going to listen. <laughs> well, that kind of makes me want to do it now. I kind of want to take a tree and I, I want to like paint every single inch of it John Deere green. You'll never forget it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, what if your dad had uh, been working I, on like a Case IH or an Oliver or an Alice or something? Or an Alice Chalmers? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because that's, I mean, in our area, that we had an Alice Chalmers dealer in town, so... Boy, that'd have been an odd-looking tree, hadn't it? Wow. Compared to what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did goodness. you decorate this you, thing? Yeah, we tried. I mean, you you could only put so much on there, right? Because these go figure the cedar, you know, it don't hold up much. It's not got that many limbs. The old popcorn, you know, thread the string through the popcorn and so on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly. We take it for granted now because. In my front yard, we've got all like the, it's a ponderosa pines and they all look okay, weird. Yeah. And everybody says that what there's just, they're different looking trees. Well, what it was, was back in the depression. Apparently my grandfather oh. cut the top of those trees off for Christmas trees because he didn't have money to buy trees. <laughs> we don't even think sure. about that nowadays. I mean, I go to sure. Menards, I give them 30 bucks know. and they can give us a tree. But to go back to the depression or to the eighties, really puts in the mindset of, of what the season's all about. And instead of getting upset yeah. about not having the perfect tree that you're never going to remember, you're never going to no. forget this copywritten uh, violation of a tree that your, <laughs> your dad had. No, because where they end up is in the pond, right? I mean, that's fish uh, habitat. We go to the Christmas tree farm and get the one for the house. But the kids will talk about, well... Let's go get on the, the ranger and let's go find us a tree. Mm-hmm. Depending on what the weather is, that they they never forget that stuff. Shoot, I got a that year. I got a, a bundle of thousand dollar bill paper money. You know that that was my gift that I remember. I um, heard there was a lot of counterfeiting in Southern Illinois. Sure, sure. yeah. Well, if I had some of that today, but you know, I mean, that was the type of stuff we could that they could afford to get. But shoot, I had a good time. I lived. <laughs> I think next year you should relive the tradition. I think you should go cut yourself a cedar stick and paint it green and put it in the house. Oh, man, I don't know about that one. I, I, I trust me. You know. I think that would be a great tradition for you guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you ever met my wife? Have you? You probably ain't met her yet. I have not. I don't, Is she I don't mean? Know. No. No, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I enjoy breathing and uh-huh. uh, I, I, quite a bit. And so, the benefits uh, no, of I, marriage. I just, yeah. Yeah. You know, know what I'm well, saying? Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, that's one of my hobbies. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, if I just leave it on the porch, we'll be all right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be romantic. I think you're really missing out. I think if you if she sees all the work you uh, went to to paint this stick. Yeah. 
you could paint like the top. You could paint it like a, a Case IH red for like a star. And because we're it's Christmas sure. season, right? We're all supposed to get along, all the equipment companies. <laughs> that way you could get sued right. by, by two different equipment Everybody. manufacturers. Why not? Exactly. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could be pretty creative with that because you got the New Holland yellow you could put on there and little patches of blue for blue tractors. You could put tracks on that tractors. thing. Hey, that'd be all right. A steering that'd wheel? Right. Man, this is, oh, this is getting to be a good idea. Move it around the room. Well, get it, now uh, that's just control silly. something or other. Yeah, no. Uh, Dion would be driving all over the house. We'd have, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think the porch sounds real good to me. I think that's a fine idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, you are fun to follow on social media. You do, especially uh, the stories where you get really excited about stuff. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate what you guys do. And I appreciate you you having uh, programs like this particular one because I, I sure love listening to folks and how, how they how they enjoy Christmas. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you on the old social media. Oh, shoot. Like, you mean I have to know that? You're supposed to. You want me to look it up? No, no, no. I see here. Um, I think it's Mark Conamacher on Instagram, I think. It's Mark, M-A-R-K uh, underscore. Conamacher is K-A-N-N-M-A-C-H-E-R. Conamacher. Uh, Facebook would be Conamacher Farms, I think. Okay. And, uh, yep, that's, I used to be on Twitter, but, uh, that don't work anymore. So <laughs> it's amazing how many times I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's extinct kind of like horses, you know, I think it's extinct kind of like a John Deere green stick. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably so. <laughs> Mark, I appreciate you sharing this story. I thought it was hilarious. The first time I've heard it. You're, you're fun to go follow. So everybody should go check you out. Uh, Mark, tell everybody in your family, uh, Merry Christmas and thank you for sharing this with all of us. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Thank you. Do you think John Deere is going to be mad hearing that story? No. You don't no, think so? No, they can't be mad at that. Who can be mad at that? That's a fantastic story. The Conmockers might have to go back and pay John Deere for that. <laughs> I think he's going to be okay. So who do we have up next? The next one we have up is Tara Davison from Saskatchewan from Lonesome Dove Farms. And she answered that tweet I did asking for cool stories. She's going to tell a story about an incredible Christmas gift that she got from a family friend. And it just kind of makes you sit back and realize, wow, me shopping on Amazon for the last few days really isn't measuring up to what she did. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay you did that. But I tell you, there have been times when somebody's given a gift that you just want to cry. You just can't even express how much it means to you. And I think that's kind of the story she's going to tell. It's the thought that counts. Is that really the case? Yes, absolutely. And this one shows a lot of thought. Okay, let's listen to Tara. Now let's go up to Saskatchewan because they have Christmas up there too. Like every year they have Christmas up there. It's it's amazing. Let's talk to Tara Davison. How are you doing, Tara? I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I, I'm doing fine. What part of Saskatchewan are you from? We're from the southwest part of the province. So we're just about 50, 60 miles north of the Montana border. You're almost American. We are practically American, but 
except that we're Canadian. Uh, let's do a little quiz, all right? And your answers are going to be metric or imperial, okay? Ooh, okay. okay. This is going to be interesting. How do you describe distance? Oh, miles, for sure. Okay. Uh, again, you've got two answers, metric or imperial, but uh, we'll, we'll go oh. on. <laughs> okay. I've already failed the first yes, answer. Yes, you have. Yes. Okay, uh, oh. body height? Uh, imperial. Body weight? Imperial. <laughs> okay. Uh, Actually, met- metric works a little bit in our favor sometimes. So, um, <laughs> depending on how much, how many Christmas cookies I've had, it might be metric that day. I weigh myself in stones. That's also fine. Yeah. That's a nice, nice alternate unit of measurement. How about area that you farm? Imperial. Yeah. Okay. Acres, huh? Yeah. You okay. Bet. All right. So, what do you farm up there? So we raise mostly beef cattle. So we've got uh, purebred and commercial Gelby cattle. And we also, um, we do some cropping. So basically seed grain crops so that they can be diverted either to feed or we can combine them for cash crops or bale them, make them into silage, kind of multi-purpose crops, I guess. Is it called Lonesome Dove Ranch? Yeah, you bet. That's our ranch name. Yeah. You know, I doubt you had that first. No, I don't think we did, actually. And this is my husband's dream, was to call our ranch Lonesome Dove Ranch. Yeah, we started our ranch in 2005, and he said, let's call it that. And we registered it, and it's our ranch name. Do you rent pigs? We do not rent pigs. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I've got a whole host of other funny Lonesome Dove quotes that people ask us about that, no, we we don't do a lot of the things pertaining to the the book or the movie. Actually, the book is much better than the movie, I will say, too. But, um, yeah, it's a memorable name. I mean, people hear it, and it seems to stick with them. Were you and your husband, were you farm kids? Yes. Yep, you bet. So we were high school sweethearts. He grew up on his parents' ranch, which we're really fortunate to work close nearby and work together as a team in a lot of different areas. So, yeah, he grew up at Pontex, Saskatchewan, and I grew up uh, 45 minutes to the east at Marone, Saskatchewan, which is a huge metropolis that I'm sure everyone is aware of. I went to college, came back home. We started our ranch right after that. Where'd you guys meet? Uh, A Christmas party, actually. This is kind of getting back into the memory here. But yeah, it was uh, oh, a party around Christmas and Christmas and years, I think. Was it love at first sight? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it was. It was, uh, we definitely clicked. And, and it was funny. I remember talking to him on the phone, asking him if he had any cows. And he was really quiet on the phone. He clearly is the most rancher person you could imagine. So it's funny that I asked him about his cows and he didn't really say a whole lot about his cattle, but yeah. Well, he's probably second guessing it at this point. I mean, like, is this cow really (laughs) into me or is she just uh, after my cows? Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Did you have uh, him pre-scouted? Did you know how many cows he had and you went into the party? I'm like, that's the guy I'm on. I'm zeroing in on him and we're going to do the lonesome dove ranch thing. No, actually, and it's funny because he dressed very much not like a cowboy that night, which is hilarious because I don't think he's ever worn non-jeans since. So, yeah, it was almost like he was disguising himself to not be a rancher. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, love can't be denied, Tara. <laughs> it can't. No, once you're hooked, you're hooked. So, yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. And you've got uh, how many kids? We've got four kids. So four our youngest- kids. 
Uh, our youngest is two and a half, and we've got a daughter that just turned seven, and then we've got twin nine-year-old boys. They'll be 10 in February. Okay. Are you at like in a mixed household and what I mean by that? Or do some kids believe in the, the big red guy and some kids don't? Yes. Yeah. That's kind of becoming a theme this year. So we have had to have a few difficult conversations and lots, but not really saying anything definitively in a, either direction. But my two and a half year old is really excited about Christmas this year. And this is like the first time he's, you know, interested in reindeer and Santa. And, you know, we want to keep the magic going. And I've just kind of said it that way. Like, let's just keep the magic going. I believe in Christmas magic. And yeah, I think the kids are on the right train, hopefully. Uh-huh. You know, Tara, I, I don't know you, but I don't believe you. Here, here's how I think it is going in your household. Uh, the, the kids that don't believe in it start talking about it, and then you shoot them a look that they know if they don't shut up, uh, they're going to get their, their, their hides tanned. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I've mentioned lumps of coal a lot lately, and like, you know, you have to believe in magic to really have Christmas presents in the morning yeah. is kind of how we're operating. So you do you. Like, you know, start spouting off your mouth, well, maybe you don't get Christmas presents then. So it's all the choices. You're going to beat your kids with lumps of coal? Canada's brutal. (laughs) We're pretty harsh here, yeah. (laughs) I run a tight shift. We were the same way, and it's like, shut up, shut up, don't say that, because you want to to protect that, right? You remember how fun it was when you were a kid, and you thought Santa Claus was coming, even though it didn't make a lick of sense. It was just exciting. Exactly. And it's funny because some members of the family will actually, like, they have a, have told themselves a story that they can justify how this man delivers presents worldwide. And it kind of makes sense to me. So, you know, if they have a story that they believe in that makes sense to them, who am I to, you know, throw science in their face? It's time zones. I mean, it's it's simple right. math, Tara. It, and it's even on Twitter, right? There's the time zone and, the you know, where Santa's spotted. So it's very logical. Yeah, even though I've never been able to understand Saskatchewan time zones. <laughs> well, there's a lot about Saskatchewan that can be tricky for people to understand. But, you guys, um, just, do you decide every year whether you're going to do daylight savings or not? You just, well, let's do it this no, year, but not next we, year? We never do daylight savings times, and that is the magical thing about our province, really. We don't have to turn back, spring forward, whatever. It's, everybody kind of wants to be us, really, when it comes to the time zone. Uh huh. Yeah, I've got a co-host from up there. You ever heard of her? <laughs> I've I've heard of Leslie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> she's it's... amazing. She's a great ambassador for our wonderful province that everyone wants to be like. Well, I mean, amazing's an adjective that uh, could be <laughs> used as another adjective, but we'll leave it at that. Yes, she's. I'm well aware of your time zones and your sastel, and I I can't believe we haven't dropped this call yet. Actually, that is a good point. We better, um, I better get all the important information. (laughs) I I might lose you here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's hear this Christmas story that you have. So yeah, when you put a call out for positive Christmas stories, I've actually always meant to write a blog post about this, but I never have yet. So I'll just share it. When we got married to my dear high school sweetheart, um, we opened our with cows that happened to have cows. Um, we opened our wedding presents, not the day after. It was a week after, which actually really uh, was a sticking point early on in our marriage. My husband really wanted to open the presents right away. 
But anyway, we waited a whole week. And one of the presents we opened was a box from some dear family friends of, of mine and my parents. And yeah, growing up, we were always good friends with them. They never had any kids and they were always really good to me. You know, they always thought about me at my birthday and over the years at Christmas time and whatnot. So I unwrapped this present from them and I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And it was a box filled with a whole bunch of boxes inside. And when I opened it up, it was a Christmas decoration that our friend Bev had purchased one for me every year since I was born. And then she boxed it all up and gave it to us for our wedding present. So that was really a meaningful present. I mean, she thought of me every single year. She'd purchase an ornament. She would write inside the box of the ornament and then close it up, pack it up, save it for the day that she could give it to me. And again, who, who is this person to you? Just dear family friends of ours. Yeah, they were really good friends of my of my mom's and dad's over the years, and that was their gift to me. Okay. Do you know how much like time and effort and thought goes into that? I can't imagine doing that for anybody. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Rob, because honestly, I actually tried to do that. I thought, this is amazing. What a great yeah. idea. I'll do this for my nieces and nephews. And I think I got like three years in and I kind of just abandoned the plan because I couldn't stick with it. Yeah, like just to think of that. I mean, also, like what if I didn't get married till I was 30 or something? I mean, does she just keep doing this? Like, I don't know. It was, um, it was just really a meaningful present. And like, I love meaningful gifts. So it doesn't need to be big or expensive. It just needs to be with a gift with some thought put into it. And I'm not usually very emotional, but this gift was really, really oh, yeah. special. And yeah, since then actually Bev has passed on. So it's even more meaningful. I mean, I definitely think of her throughout the year and especially at Christmas time. I mean, that is truly touching that someone would go to that much effort and thought uh, for someone in the future down knowing that that's going to be the wedding gift. I think she did it for some nieces and nephews as well. I don't know for sure, but I mean, yeah, that's a lot of pre-planning and everything was packed so carefully. Like she would have, you know, had to get a bigger box over the years and, you know, some years had three ornaments that would go with it. And yeah, it was just really thoughtful. What if you had turned out to be a a horrible person? (laughs) I, yeah, that's a, you think she would have kept it? I, I don't know. I think you would have just got a toaster. Imagine, I, imagine if like one of your cousins is listening to this and they just got a toaster for their wedding. They were like, oh, I bet you I, did this for me and I just turned out to be a horrible person. So she said to heck with it. That would be awkward, actually. But like she wrote my name inside every single box every year. So, yeah, she would have had this box of ornaments. She'd have to find another Tara to give them to, I guess. <laughs> was there a theme to them? No, um, they are all different. So some are you know, nutcrackers and some are, you know, clear, not glass, but uh, like clear plastic and some are, it just kind of depends on the year. So yeah, they all kind of are a little bit different, Okay, which is nice because when you decorate your tree, you know, you want like a variety, but I really appreciate it too. It was, you know, you don't have decorations or anything with heritage when you first start out and you have your first Christmas together in your house as a married couple. So now I did all of a sudden I had a beautiful set of, of ornaments that had history to them. A lot better than going to the dollar store and just getting the glass balls. You know what I'm saying? Totally. You bet. So my wife's friend, when she got married, she gives them uh, like a, 
a Christmas ornament that's like painted from the inside. It's, I, I don't oh. know. I think they get them from Mexico or something. They live down there in Texas. And she would give okay. every year, and it comes in this nice box, and that was the ornament. And, and my wife loved them. And in our living room, we've got, it's a carpeted living room, and then there is right in front of like the sliding glass door, the, it comes out like a three foot of like ceramic tile. And that's where we had the tree, okay. right? Because, you know, you want everybody from the road to see the tree because it's all about vanity and not, you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah. I feel like I know where this story is going. Yeah. The tree fell over and I think three of them <laughs> broke. And my wife was oh, no. devastated. And that was, uh, yeah, we have a fake tree now. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because to be perfectly honest, you know, with a two and a half year old in the house, I have not actually put these special ornaments on the tree for a couple it's years. A good so, call. Um, <laughs> so they're kind of packed away specially. I think I've got a couple that are non-breakable that are on the tree. Yeah, but I, I haven't actually put the whole set up for a couple years. So um, yeah, I look forward to when I can though. And I know the kids will enjoy, you know, getting to hear the story and unpacking them too. I'm going to brag about myself because this was something I did before I was married and I was tra- still trying to seal the deal. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So my in-laws had my my future in-laws, the in-laws now, they had right. like a uh, a collection of I think it's like Hummels or Hubbles, I don't know what they are. They're like uh, expensive uh, Christmas ornaments. Okay. And I made them like a display shelf out of like walnut that had fallen out of our yard or whatever. And so that, now they have it up all year. So if someone like wants nice. to uh, marry one of your kids, that's a good way nice. to get on your good side. That's a great idea, and I really want to have good like in-laws in the future, like daughters-in-law, sons-in-law, and whatnot. So, yeah, I should maybe plant that idea when they get yeah. older. Sure, yeah. Do you tell your kids when they're looking for future spouses to make sure they've got cows? Um, I, <laughs> I tell them to be nice to their significant others when they're working cattle. I definitely have <laughs> shared that advice with them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I share a lot of advice with them, whether they're receptive to it or not. So they can marry whoever they want as long as they love them and they're kind to them. But yeah, if and when they're working with livestock, I think it's good for them to not yell at each other. Yeah. I never sorted hogs with Emily because I knew better. Yeah. 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 We're, you know, I think they're good like 95% of the time, but I mean, you know, it's, it happens. It does happen. It's the odd, yeah. odd yeah, words that get said, <laughs> bespoke, we'll say. So, yeah. It's amazing. It really is. I mean, to think that somebody went to all that just for you uh, throughout your entire life. I mean, that is a Christmas gift that you you just, I don't know if you get much better. But not only to get that, but for you to share that story with us all. It, it hits us in the feels. You know what I'm saying? Uh, totally. And like, like I said, I'm not super emotional, but that one really got me. You know, it was just the long-term thought that went behind it was, was very meaningful. It, was your heart like the Grinch that day and it grew two sizes? No, it wasn't. But actually, it did make me happy <laughs> that we did wait seven days to open our present. You're still bitter about <laughs> that. I, well, I, I just, I was right in that case. So it's uh-huh. just important to kind of, you know, hammer that point across. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was it was really emotional. Like with weddings, there's so much going on that day before, the day of, the day after. I wanted to be able to actually enjoy 
the present opening portion of it. And I did. It was more more meaningful, I think, because we had more time to absorb it all. I'm on your husband's side with opening the presents. <laughs> that that doesn't surprise me, Ross. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I made the right call there on that one. <laughs> All right. It is a very, very cool story. And, and thank you, Tara, for sharing it. I, I don't know. It makes me feel good. And uh, that just gets you ready for Christmas. It does. You betcha. Yeah. So Tara Davison up there in Saskatchewan. Thank you so very much. Oh, thanks so much, Rob. You have a good Christmas. You too. Okay. I feel really bad about what I got you for Christmas now. You do? Yeah. I've seen the UPS truck stopping a couple of times now. I mean, it's a nice gift. There's nothing wrong with it, but the amount of time that I put into ordering this uh, compared to the amount of time that you spent over the years getting (laughs) an ornament for every year that she was alive, it just doesn't quite measure up. Well, you know, you can't kill it every year. No, not every year. Next year. Next year. There's always next year. It'll be something awesome. All right. The next guest we have is Ashley Messy Kennedy. You remember her? We actually interviewed her before. Yes, she is so much fun. Yeah. She has a story about bringing a baby home on Christmas. Oh, babies. What can be better than that? I, that's the whole reason for the season, right? You betcha. That's right. So, okay. <laughs> Perfect segue into the you betcha from someone from Bad Axe. Now, let's hear what Ashley has to say. All right. So, now we're going to go up to Michigan. Bad Axe, Michigan. That's Bad Axe with an X. Michigan. So get your mind out of the gutters. We're going to talk to Ashley Kennedy, Messy Kennedy, Kennedy, Messy Kennedy. How you doing, Ashley? Yeah. Good. How are you? That's a lot of hyphens. I know. So what what I, officially is your name? What do we call you? So legally, my name is Ashley Kennedy. Yeah. But I mean, lots of people still remember me as Ashley Messine. So I kind of go by whatever. It doesn't really bother me. Well, you kind of had a thing, right? You kind of had a messy thing. So it's like all of a sudden when you get married, so you kind of carry it over. I get that. So actually how it came up is that one of my friends said, when I say Ashley Messing Kennedy really fast, it sounds like I say Messy Kennedy. So she was like, what about that? And I was like, you know, it kind of fits. I'm always that friend that's like 10 minutes late and my house is always a mess. So I was like, yeah, let's run with it. And that's, that's a friend? A friend will talk to you like that? Uh-huh. I mean, that's not very nice. Yeah, shout out to Kelly Stanzi. I'm on the wrong side of the glass. I don't have my bell. <laughs> I know. That's a bummer. Yeah. So you've been on the podcast before. It's episode I don't remember, but it was two years ago. It was December of 2017. I can't believe that. It doesn't seem that long ago, does it? No, it doesn't. It was a good podcast, though. I, I was good in it anyway. Absolutely, yeah, Rob, because you never do anything wrong. Hey, okay, yeah, I'm gonna just <laughs> I'm gonna take that little <laughs> clip out and just repeat it for your entire interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, Emily will be like, "Yay, good uh, job, Rob." <laughs> <laughs> How's things in Bad Axe? They're wonderful. It was 45 today, and it's the week before Christmas, so it was awesome. Yeah, it's about the same here. It's kind of weird being so nice, isn't it? Yes, it is so weird. Like, we were joking at our family Christmas today that it was nicer for Christmas than it was for Easter this year. Yeah, it's a damn bunny. 
Okay, so yeah. for for the people that maybe don't know you, uh, give a little bit of background. Yeah, my husband and I dairy farm up here in Bad Axe. We have two daughters, Adeline, who's one, and Callie, who just turned four two days ago. So yeah, we have 240 cows, we have robots, and you can learn more about what I do by following Messy Kennedy. Seriously, I share pretty much everything. You work all the damn time. You're hard to get a hold of, like for an interview. For like, this is just a small one for like a 15 minute deal. You're you're just always working. Yes, my husband would disagree with you, but yes, I feel like I'm always working. It's either working or you're with the smaller versions of you. Yep, smaller versions of me. That's a great way to describe them. One has my attitude and one looks more like me. Huh. How is the whole dairy thing going? It's good. We've been slow lately, but we're getting ready to, after the holidays, Kevin a whole bunch of cows. So we're going to be really busy. Lots of new babies. So everyone will see lots of new baby videos here soon. Will you put them in your truck? Because that's always fun, right? Because everybody puts a picture of the, the cow in the truck. Our camping tent is, like, really close to where our warming room is. So, at the most, you'll see them in, like, a deer bait sled. That's about as fancy as it gets for us. Huh. Hey, do, do you want to know a story that I'm not supposed to tell? Yeah. Okay, so I'm down in Nashville, right, at the RFD Studios, mm-hmm. and we're doing some filming. Yep. And I'm showing a, a video of farmer Derek. He's Derek Klingenberg. He's this insane guy from Kansas. Yeah. You ever heard of her? Yep. Yeah, he's nuts, right? And yes. Yeah, we're showing a, a video that he did, and there's a, a baby calf in his van. You know how they do? How they say, like, well, yep. farmers. Well, I also interviewed a guy. I think it was Jared McDaniel. You ever heard of her? Yep. Yeah. He, I have. He told me in this interview one time, he's like, whenever you see those pictures of the calf in the vehicle, that means the mom died. Oh, no, that's not true. Isn't it? Sometimes that just means that mommy calved in the not appropriate place. So we need to get the calf to where it needs to be. And this is most convenient. Okay, maybe that's what he said, but I wasn't listening. But it, here's the thing. I said that because they're showing a video, and I'm supposed to stand in front of a green screen saying smart-ass mm-hmm. remarks. And I said, well, <laughs> oh, the, the calf's in the van. That means that the mom's dead. Uh, oh, the people that went over like no, a balloon. No, no, no. No, the people in the control room did not find that uh, humorous. Yeah, I bet. You're so dark, Rob. Mrs. Shark Farmer, she didn't find that humorous either. (laughs) That's also not surprising. No. Your wife is like the sweetest person ever. I mean, she doesn't know you. I I don't get it. Okay. All right. So I put out a a feeler for a a good feeling or interesting or fun Christmas stuff. And lo and behold, you came up with one. Yeah. Four years ago, I was very pregnant. I'd had eight weeks of full bed rest. So just Mm -hmm. think about a dairy farmer, a very busy person being stuck in a bed other than going pee and getting something to eat or something to drink. And at three in the morning, like my water broke and I texted my husband because I was sleeping downstairs on a hospital bed and was like, hey, my water broke. He's like, what? To be to work in an hour. So anyway. Yeah, it's pretty insensitive. Right? I know. 
so I we rushed to the hospital and had a baby on December 20th. We had her five weeks early, but she was like completely our miracle baby. Like we were really concerned, you know, obviously I've been having preterm labor for most of my pregnancies. We knew I wasn't going to make it full term, but it was how far was I going to make it and, you know, how healthy was the baby going to be. So we were just prepared for being in the NICU, spending a lot of time, you know, an hour and a half away from the farm. And she came out and the NICU nurses looked at us and said, she's perfect. <laughs> like that in itself was a Christmas miracle. So all of our doctors kept walking in to check on me and they're like, there's a baby in here. They're like, you had a baby five weeks early and the baby's in here. And we're like, yeah, we know. So that in itself was an awesome Christmas miracle. After she was so healthy. No, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's oh. not skip over this for the uh, okay. people that don't understand this stuff like myself. So five yeah. weeks sounds like extremely early to me. So if you have a baby that's five weeks early, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, what are the chances that it's not going to have to be in the NICU in one of those incubators? They're pretty slim. Like at five weeks, they're not the worst of the worst in the NICU, but generally their lungs aren't completely developed and they still have some growing to do. So generally, like we were expecting at least a week in the NICU and that was kind of if we were lucky. Mm -hmm. Our, I mean, she was born at seven pounds, two ounces, and she was 19 inches long. Like she, well, that's not small. Was, no, no. Like they were like, Oh my gosh, I can't. My doctor was like, uh, if you went full term, you were looking at between nine and 10 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't going to come out naturally. Like he's like, yeah, <laughs> I would have said the same thing. This was good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. This was great. Like, this was a million times better than what we were prepared for. And so then we were on Christmas Eve, and Eric, my husband, and I, we were both very ready to go home. You know, we'd spent four days in the hospital, like, was very ready to go home. But we're at a very inner-city hospital where, you know, there's a lot of babies coming in under questionable circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so... The pediatrician that was on staff, he didn't really want to let us go because Kelly was jaundice and, you know, we had to have her under a billy light. And now, what what's that? Us, so that's that. If you ever see those babies with like the big blue UV light that they're laying under, yeah, that's to get those billy rubens. So it's basically like they're liver isn't working real great so the uv rays get their liver working and that's being jaundice yeah correct okay. all right they have a billy light that you can take home and you just put it like basically like in your baby's like clothes and they lay on it but he was skeptical because he you know just was like well you really got to stick to it they've got to be on it otherwise you know the billy rubens aren't going to get any better and, you know, your baby could actually get very sick. He and didn't realize that you were dairy folks. Yeah, no. And he didn't realize either, like, you know, that we weren't super, like, we had planned on having a baby. Like, we wanted this baby. This wasn't an accident. All those kinds of things. And the nurses were just like, I'll never forget this one lady who's about my mom's age. And he had walked out, and it didn't sound like we were going to make it home that day. And she goes, you just give me a minute. 
And she like followed him out and she comes back in and she goes, good news, you're going home. And we're like, what? And she goes, don't worry. I gave him an earful and she's like, and I convinced him that you guys can go home. So you better not make me a fool. And we were like, <laughs> don't worry. Like, you are our savior. So this sweet nurse named Virginia gave that doctor an earful and got us home on New Year's Eve. So we were so excited because we were able to go over to my parents' house the next day for Christmas. All of our siblings got to meet her, like, that day and the next day. And it was awesome. It was beautiful. It was amazing. You know, after just fighting to get pregnant and then fighting to stay pregnant the whole time and keep that baby cooking. So it was a really awesome she, Christmas. One that I'll never cooking? forget. Yes. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know what? When you have preterm labor, it's a fight every day just to keep that baby in and keep them where they're supposed to be. So, well, I tell you, I know your backstory cause we interviewed too. I mean, mm-hmm. this, uh, this was very, very special. I mean, all births are yep. special, right? But you guys yep. had struggled, uh, all along. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. We thought the easy part was over when we finally got pregnant. And then little did we know that the hardest part was on its way. <laughs> yeah. I would say, you know, for anybody that, that is going through the struggle of like trying to get pregnant or has gone through it uh, to go back and listen to your podcast, because it's an incredible story of your struggle with that and your thoughts on that. And, uh, I, I, I remember that podcast distinctly. No, I felt like we had a really special conversation. uh, Okay. I mean, (laughs) I feel weird now. Well, I didn't mean it in a creepy way. I just meant it like it was great, and hopefully it's helped people. I felt we became friends when we were uh, doing the interview. Yes, after that, now I refer to you as my friend, Rob. I I mean, that's a strong word, but uh, I'm glad you feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) So what did it mean? Because, you know, it's just a day on a calendar, right? But it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. What did it mean to yep. take her home for Christmas? So Christmas was really has always been really special. My mom is the mom who, like, still to this day says that our presents are from Santa. Like, my mom has always been, like, really made Christmas special. Whether it's, you know, her Christmas baking, going to church, all those kinds of things. It's just our favorite holiday, and there's always magic with it. If you've ever been to Disney World, Disney World is magic and Christmas is magic at our house. To not be in the hospital and to not have to miss it was really, really awesome. To be able to have Kelly experience her first messing and Kennedy Christmas in this world at home surrounded by family was the greatest. So I'm like, I remember just sitting on the couch with my family, we're all laughing and I'm just, I'm holding her and it was one of the happiest days of my life only because I probably didn't know what was coming and she was still sweet and she slept so much and she was cuddly. Still one of the greatest days of my life. It's something I'll never forget. That's very cool. Now is your family, you get together for the Christmas and that, I mean, what traditions do you guys have? Well, for the longest time, our tradition always was as being dairy farmers was, you know, when we were really young, 
sitting inside waiting for my parents to get done with chores that we could open presents. And then as we got older, it turned into us being outside, you know, helping with chores. And then the last year that we did Christmas chores together, we finally had the robots. And so I remember how awesome that was because we didn't have to milk cows. We just had to like feed calves and get our fetch cows. And then we could all just like go in the house. I remember we were all like walking up and we were like, wow, that was so easy. So being dairy farmers, our Christmas has always very much so revolved around the cows. Yeah. I will give your family credit because growing up in a family that raised hogs, the hog chores were done after the presents were opened in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now we can do stuff like that with the robots. Whereas, you know, when we were in the parlor, we couldn't do that. You know, we have to milk in the milking shift. And I remember the first year that my parents were like, okay, you guys are old enough. Like, Tomorrow, you guys are coming out and helping us with chores, and then we'll get done faster, and then we can all open presents. And we were all like, seriously? Yeah. You're going to make us like get up early on Christmas morning? And they're like, yep. <laughs> and, you know, it was always kind of fun because like we'd have the Christmas music on and the radio, and, you know, we'd all just be together as a family. Even though it wasn't something that we enjoyed, we were all in it together, and... It was great. It was fun. How old are your kids now? So Callie's four and Adeline's one. Okay, so we're still firmly in the belief that the red guy is real. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, that's good, right? Yes. Have they questioned any bit of it? Well, we did have to... Our four-year-old Callie is really smart, and we did have to do a little bit of you know, like, well, why are there all these different Santas when there's one Santa? And so I had to kind of describe that all of these Santas are Santa's helper, helpers. And he takes the information back to the big head guy. Because, you know, Santa can't be at every store and every event all Christmas. And she's like, yeah. No, that was a mistake. You're that was a right. mistake. I told my kids, I'm like, you see all these here in the in the mall and that? They're all frauds. Do you think the real Santa is going to be slumping here at the mini mall? No, this guy is a fake. And right now, my kids, they've grown up, and there's no way they're going to give money to any Nigerian prince because they learned that there are fakes in this world. <laughs> That's intense. No, well, she already doesn't like, like the Santas that have the fake beards, yeah. she won't go go up to them. But the ones that have like a real beard, she's like, "Yeah, I dig you. I will sit on your lap." So she's a pretty. She drives a pretty hard bargain. A lot of those Santas smell like shame. <laughs> I'll have to tell my sister's boyfriend that oh, his dad sometimes okay. works as a Santa. He's retired. Yeah. And he actually looks like, he really looks like Santa. And so sometimes he goes, mm. so I'll make sure I tell Brian that. He'll appreciate it. Don't tell him I said it, though. Oh, of course I will. <laughs> I'm totally going to throw you under that bus. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is, that's super cool. I, I'm glad that it worked out that you got home for Christmas because, yes, it is just a day. But it's an awful special day. And I love it that you look back on that day as one of your fondest memories. 
Yeah, no, and I'm glad I got to share it with you and your listeners today. Yeah, very cool. And everybody should go listen to your original uh, podcast, too. Incredible story that you've been through. You're you're a pretty uh, almost kind of somewhat cool person. Well, thanks, Rod. That means a lot. You know, you're maybe like kind of sort of all right for I'm, a radio host. I'm actually blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> but really, I still like Emily better. Uh, well, I do too. <laughs> okay, good. It's a great story. Ashley Kennedy, Messy Kennedy, Kennedy Messy. It's it is. It's a very cool story. And knowing the backstory of the struggles to get pregnant, to to get this, uh, to get pregnant, and then to have the baby home on Christmas, uh, it's very very cool. I'm glad you had that memory. I'm glad that all worked out, and I'm glad that you're willing to share that with all of us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. And a Happy New Year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we're going to come see Bring you. Bring that in. Yes, and I'm so excited about that, Rob. Yeah, we're going to Bad Axe. Uh-huh. It's going to be great. It's going to be so darn cold, but it's going to be great. I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait to go to Bad Axe. Well, I ask, am going to show you all the great things in Bad Axe. Well, that shouldn't take too long. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, Ashley, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for sharing your story. Of course. Thanks for having me. That's a pretty cool nurse, and that that made it possible for the baby to go home. You know, when you're having those moments in life, when you're having a baby and you have a nurse who's amazing, mm-hmm. you don't ever forget them. Did you have cool nurses? I don't even remember. I had one. Really? Yes, I had one because she got my IV in the first time. <laughs> I remember you cussing a nurse too. <laughs> no, that's that's true. We won't we won't dwell on that on a Christmas episode. But that's it. Three very cool stories, wasn't it? You betcha. You betcha. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I know Emily and I definitely want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, it has been an amazing year. We have met so many people this year, heard some amazing stories. Everybody has a story to tell, and we're just going to keep telling them. I couldn't have said it any better, Mr. Shark Farmer. But I know what to do to make up for me not being able to say things as eloquently as you. And what's that? I, I'll take you out for margaritas. Ooh, let's go. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening to the Shark Farmer Podcast. I am your host, Rob Sharkey. Please visit us at www.sharkeyfarms.com. And just search for Shark Farmer to follow me on Twitter. Later. Later.